Hello, we're Project 6 and we're a charity working with people in South and West Yorkshire. We deliver a range of services to support people with alcohol and other drug use to help individuals, families and communities to make meaningful and sustainable change in their well-being and you're listening to our podcast. Uh, welcome to our, this is the first conference we've put on for quite a while at Project 6, so this is our I, Ideas Conference 2023. So the idea behind this was about creating the, the exciting best bits of a conference, which often isn't just listening to someone talk, it's the ideas, the conversations, the uh, cup of tea, the networking that you do, um, and the things that spark off and the ideas that, that happen when, when we get together and we challenge each other and we talk and we debate as well. So the whole idea of the day is that it's really participatory and you're not going to be sat being talked at. Um, so we want your ideas, we want you to contribute, we want people to help change the world a little bit. My name's Jeannie, I come from Stroud in Gloucestershire and I am a councillor but I'm here because I've driven the uh, ambulance up the Glasgow Overdose Prevention Service. So in Stroud, like uh, a strange statistic of Stroud is that um, it's quite a small town. I think we're up to about 30,000. Well, a district, the town is very small, but I think it's about 30,000 in the district or something like that. And statistically, for its size, uh, like per capita, is that the word? Uh, it's got one of the highest drug problems in the country. Um, and you know, and it's a very twee Cotswold town. So, you know, so it's quite interesting. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's so much stigma there towards um, people that use drugs and whether that's recreationally or, um, you know, as people who've become addicted. You just see it really openly, actually, in a place like that, where there's kind of extreme wealth. Um, and yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with a question that I'm really keen to hear the answer to, is how did we get to this point where we've become so polarised between harm reduction and abstinence-based recovery that we almost can't sit down together and talk about it? As with everything, it's complex. There's lots of different layers to this stuff. So there was the, Peter referred to it, so there was a shift in terms of UK drugs policy so those of you that remember the NTA days, and I started in probably about 2001 or something, and we went through the key, the get them in days, get people into treatment. In fact, I seem to remember in Leeds, that, that, at that point there was three arrest referral workers, and that the only way they could get any script was to go and nick a telly from Mumbelows and end up in the, end up in the cells. And honestly, there were queues of people outside Mumbelows. And nicking a telly in those days was not easy because they were bloody quite that much. Um, so we went for get them in, you know, get Frank into treatment. And then we had keep them in. And then for me, when the challenges started, was get them out and keep them out. And that's when we start, there's an immediate rise in drug-related deaths after that. And then at the same time that was, was occurring, um, we had austerity and actually everything got squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and we lost our women's services, we lost our services that work in minoritised communities, we lost harm reduction and we lost recovery in a lot of places and we ended up just losing less and less and less and just having the, the core of services. I understand why that was because it was about 
scripting and keeping people safe. But we lost our creativity. And I think we lost in that. We lost a bit of passion and we lost some good people and we lost our activist streak, actually. And I think we became very vanilla. And actually one of the things, the challenges for the sector, we're part of the problem, actually, and we need to be trying to change the system. It's not good enough just to turn up and work in a system that harms people. That's my view. We need to be trying to change the system and reducing the harm. And it feels like we've forgotten how to do that. What's your name? Where do you come from? What do you do? I'm David Thomas. I am a service, um, sorry, a senior recovery worker and a service development officer at Backin, uh, which is a BAME. Um, recovery uh, lived experience organisation based in Nottingham. Awesome. And yourself? I'm Jay Chohan uh, from Leicester. Yeah. Um, in the process of setting up another lived experience recovery organisation. Yeah. In, in, in Leicester. Oh, sorry, in Leicester. Oh, in recovery. In recovery. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Sorry. And I'm Louise Barber, and I'm community engagement officer for Backing. Awesome. We're talking about stigma today. Uh, asking questions about stigma. So, are you willing to share an experience where you've been stigmatised, or if you've ever experienced or witnessed a stigma at all? I was just going to say, like, I think that stigma kind of manifests on a number of levels. Often, when we're talking about stigma, we're talking about it from a, a uh, sorry, a client perspective. But I think you know, someone who's kind of been challenging health inequalities at a systemic level, then there's also stigma in that because I think that. Um, a lot of the things that we've kind of we've been challenging and some of the questions that of the conference are about kind of what's got us to this point and I think what's got us to this point is kind of a suppression of kind of ideas of suppression of thought and the stigma that we've faced as a, particularly as a BAME organization yeah. Yeah. that's been challenging the system um, has been really really profound um, so um, so I know obviously it's a kind of a, a reflection of, I imagine, of what um, the actual service users or BAME service users feel when they're at, you know what I mean? For me, I mean, one of the things I did was speak openly about my um, addiction issues and um, alcoholism in particular. And it was the reaction of my community to me publicly saying yeah. it, making it, even making a film about it. And one of the things was, you know, I'm, I'm not with anyone, not have a partner. So one of the things was, oh, how are you actually going to find someone now? You've yeah. come out into the public domain and told everyone your story. And my argument was, you know, sometimes you don't have to go through life with someone. You can actually, and to be honest, you can find someone if you really needed to. But the, the stigma from the community based around that openly saying that, you know, I've had a problem. With alcohol, and now I don't. You know, I, I'm in recovery. Yeah. Am I allowed to use that word after today? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. We, we do, yeah. We do. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not reliant on substances anymore. So, you know, it's it's the stigma from the community, which is massive. I just was thinking about the stigma I faced as a practitioner um, before I worked for Backing. I collaborated a lot with Backing. So as a female and as a white woman, yeah. 
and there was a lot of stigma with that for me working in the prison because I got um, why why does it need to have a separate um, organisation like that? Why can't black people work with white practitioners? So nobody got that, and also because I you know there were times in my 13 years working in prison that. I would I would lose a client or something tragic, something would trigger me off and I'd be upset and that was not allowed in a prison setting. You're not supposed to because you're deemed too weak. It was too human. So today we've been talking about having the humanity again back in our roles, which is really nice and that's one of the reasons I love working for back in. I don't have to have any of those things questioned. There is like there is a much less there's less stigma for me working there. Yeah. yeah. So when I speak about abstinence-based recovery, it's born not out of my own experience, but from a collective, a collective wisdom of thousands of people we supported over the years from the ethnic minority populations. And I think when I talk about attitudes and belief systems, different cultures have different notions about addiction, about treatment, how to get better and how to stay better. And, and, and part of our model kind of contained aspects of faith and spirituality. So we're talking about in the uh, early 2000s about abstinence-based recovery, total abstinence, faith-based spirituality, and the condemnation we, we got, the demonization we got from that, because we think different, because our needs are different. We want different things to address our addiction. We want different things to help us, for us to recover. And a question Glaston always mentions, like, what does your family want for you? Do they want you on a script for the rest of your life? Or do they want you to have a drug-free life? And I know for some people, if they need medication, that's okay, that's part of their journey. But that's not everybody's journey. You know, and I think basically we've got to where we've got to because of the, the treatment industry, the treatment industry, you know, in the 1970s, when the Mississippi Drugs Act came into force, you know, when President Nixon, 52 years ago yeah. this month, stood up and said we need an all-out offensive war on drugs, when actually he was saying we need an all-out offensive war on hippies, black and brown and Hispanic communities. When all that happened, we set up a treatment industry that was driven by money. You know, and you go to these big houses, and this is still one of the main treatment systems that we have in the United Kingdom now. You know, you get sent away to this big house in a field in a park in the middle of nowhere for three months, and your prescription is God. You get a prescription for God, you turn up, you know, prayer and meditation, work the 12 steps, you know, go home, go back to your house uh, in Postal Park and go to 12 step meetings, you know, and, and get connected with a higher power. You know, and unfortunately that is the majority of the treatment system still. You know, people around, me, around us in our communities in Scotland are dying consistently all the time and they're not dying um, from addiction. You know, read John Booth, The Myth of Addiction. The Myth of Addiction. They're not dying from addiction. They're dying from economic poverty. <coughs> Stop asking us what treatment we need and ask us what, how many sugars we need in our tea. I'm someone who accidentally stumble off a bike and then pretend I was meant to do it, to stop and check the chain or something. When you're told, I'm bad, I'm useless, I'm a waste, I'm pathetic, I'm dreadful, I'm ugly, I'm an idiot, I'm stupid, I'm poor, I'm unwanted, I'm unpleasant, I'm scarious, I'm unwelcome, I'm distressed, I'm a monster, I'm inadequate, I'm triggered, I'm unlikable, I'm judgeable, I'm ominous, I'm aggressive, I'm neurotic, I'm messed up, I'm undeserved, I'm too mental, I'm complicated, I'm too complex. 
questions. Uh, so, yeah, Jane, I'm from uh, Doncaster Council Public Health. Yeah. Uh, so I work on the substance use agenda on the drug side of it. But it's lovely to come to places like this today because it's so thought-provoking yeah. and it gets us outside of our box. So we're always in a box, you know, I do commissioning, things like that. And there's so many other things that we have to do and everything's death by MS Teams meetings now. It's lovely to just come out and have that headspace and talk to like-minded people and, yeah. and have some good debates as well. I like a good debate. Very passionate about, you know, the recovery agenda, lived experience, you know, because there's no way, we, often otherwise, we sit in our ivory towers and we think we know what people want. If we don't go and ask them, we don't actually go and have those conversations, we're none the blooming wiser. We, we, yeah, and that is terrible. That's a terrible way of working. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Trying to hopefully get some services that are serving the community we're trying to serve yeah. and for what people would like. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do something useful. <laughs> As a consequence of 10 years of austerity and neoliberal approaches to commissioning, led us to a place where many treatment systems are run by single providers. There isn't an ecosystem, it's a monoculture. The new drug strategy asks us to collaborate and work in partnership as a priority. So we're going to hear from the people in Calderdale that have set up a system there um, that, that's done that. They've built their own ecosystem. If there's a problem... Anywhere in the system, we try and share it. You know, when it comes to outcomes and delivery, their problems are my problem. You know, it, it, it's, it's all of us in it together. And I think, you know, the messages there for me are, is, is organic. It has to be led by place and need, but it also takes time. You know, this is mm. stuff, this is where that, I hate the market. I won't go on about it, but, you know, that's where that gets in the way um, of all of that. And I was thinking about the, the, you know, I don't need to tell you about the impact austerity has had on our services. But I think if I look at the biggest loss, we're able to muddle through and work together on our side of the street. But as Michelle has said, and you'll all know, you know, we haven't suffered anywhere <coughs> like a lot of our partners have. Mm -hmm. You look at the state of the police, you look at the state of adult health and social care mm -hmm. um, and the hospitals, it's an absolute travesty. It's, a, it's very dangerous. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen next. That's the problem with our ecosystem is, we, you know, we're asking people to do things with with empty cupboards and staff on their knees. And, and I think that's the struggle. Uh, Valerie Monty Holland okay. and I am from Sheffield. Oh, lovely. Kind of, so I'm a systemic practitioner. Yeah. So I'm interested in the kind of system around yeah. a Project 6 community member. And that's what we're going to be mapping out today. So what we are exploring here is the ecosystem. We've heard a lot of talk about the ecosystem. It sounds like in Calderdale, they're really close to kind of really making that happen. But one of the other things we heard is that it's very much a place-based practice. It's something that takes a long time to do as well. So in thinking about that, what are the roles? And we're not going to put any value judgment on those roles, whether they're negative or positive or good or bad for this person. At this point, what are the roles that are around? And if you could just shout one out. Mother. Mother, great. And can you write that down? What, what would they say in this system? What might be a voice from here? And you could indeed actually speak from this position, from this person. Does this person have anything that they want to say? Uh... Well, thank fuck you both in your door at last. That be. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it's fantastic to see you, you know. And actually, that's that's great. I'm thinking somebody specifically. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't sound great, does it? But actually, we know that's good. That makes a difference because when you have lost all the other stuff, <coughs> your relationships and all the rest of it, somebody just giving you a little pat on the back yeah. and saying you've done well, it sticks with you. Could you be that person? Yeah. Could you say it again? And could yeah. you hear it? Oh, thank fuck, you've opened the door at last. It's fantastic <laughs> to see you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can feel you care. Yeah. You obviously want to speak to me. Yeah. Yeah. You understand probably why I didn't answer the door. I yeah, yeah, and I know what it's taken for you to answer. The door. Yeah, so I've been hiding yeah. behind it for two hours, not yeah. wanting to answer it. Two weeks actually. You know me too well. <laughs> but, yeah, it is fun. Yeah, yeah. that's all I achieved today: opening the door. Ah, oh, we can go places from. It's a start, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Thank you.